it doesn't have to be $100,000. That, that's not the number. It's not, there isn't even a number. It's If you look at your staff and you ask them, are you happy? Can you see yourself retiring from this job? And the answer is no. It's The next question is, well, would you like to see yourself able to retire one day from this job? If the answer is no, it's okay. What are we doing? Why are you here? And if the answer is yes, I would like to, but I can't yet. It's okay. Well, how do we get you there? At Active Life, we believe that the healthcare clinic of the future is the gym. Everybody starts with the best case scenario in mind. Never sell anything to anybody who is not in the market for what you have. The only reason we work out is to create the opportunity to recover. And the healthcare provider of the future is the coach. And this is why you guys need to get paid well, because what you're doing is really, really hard work. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Turning Pro on the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch. I'm your host, and today we're joined by Active Life's top coach, Larry Geyer. What's up, guys? How we doing, my man? We're going to talk about how to know if you're in the right gym. On the last show, we talked about how, how to sell, how to get people to trust you well enough, trust your process well enough, trust the institution that you work with well enough, and trust yourself well enough or trust themselves well enough to buy from you. Today, we're going to talk about if you do the work, you're able to prospect, you're able to sell, you're able to deliver solutions to your clients. How do you know if you're in the right gym? And the reason why I wanted to interview Larry, you about this, is because you knew you were in the wrong gym. Yeah. There's a lot of coaches out there who we talk to right now who are in gyms where the situation for them is not ideal, meaning they're not paid enough to do upsell services like one-on-one training or nutrition or lifestyle coaching. And so they don't do it. And then owners believe there's no market for it. Nobody wants it. That's not at all the reality. We're proving that over and over and over again. The gyms who we work with and the coaches who we work with do more personal training than ever before after they work with us. And it's in large part because the right coaches are in the right gyms and the owners of those gyms are facilitating the growth of those coaches. Yeah. So I would love for you to kind of tell briefly your story about where you were and how you knew that it was the wrong place. Yeah. So New York Sports Club, right? Corporate franchise, 5,000 members. You know, it's just get everyone in here. And then most of what the gym's revenue is, is let's get these people to upsell into personal training, right? I don't know if it's most, but it's a huge part. It's a big part of their net revenue. Yeah, huge part. So there I was, and it was anywhere from 33 to 35 client hours a week. And that's not including programming time. That's not including travel. It's not including talking to them outside about what's going on in between. That's just 33 to 35 hours on the floor with them. How many, how much time do you, would you say the 15, average 15 to 30 you? minutes outside? outside. Yes. For so sure. let's just say 15. So what that means is 33 hours is really 41. Yes. Okay. For sure. And, um, and that's before you prospected, but go yeah. on. And it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, I loved what I was doing and it was making, I was making the most money I ever had. But frankly, where I live in New York, given what my rent was and given everything that I wanted to do with my money after at the end of the day and after tax, it wasn't, it wasn't cutting it. Right. What were you making before tax and what was your rent? Uh, rent was a grand at the time. And, um, before tax, it was like 35, $3,700. And what did rent get you? What did rent get me? Were you, oh, in, were you in like a three bedroom apartment? It was in a it was a room in a house with three other people. Okay. 
Okay. So you're living in one room in a house with three other people, which means, by the way, for those of you out there listening, if you have a family that's a non-option, not a happy option, um, and you were full, you're working a 41-hour week yeah. before we talk about doing the work to find business. Correct. So, And that's not including mentorship and education outside that. Which you want to be able to get. Of course. Right. And it's not coming from the gym. It's not coming for free. You're having Certainly to buy it not. elsewhere. Certainly not. So how did you know that that gym was going to be the wrong place for you long-term besides the fact that you were being underpaid? Like, was there an opportunity for you to increase that pay? Yeah. So I tried, right? So they were, so they have a pretty straightforward split and they were taking 60 to 62 cents off the top of every dollar I was earning. Mm-hmm. Right. So some of the best months, some of the best months that I was doing, they were, you know, I'm generating anywhere from twelve to fifteen thousand dollars worth of revenue, and I'm walking away with, you know, close to four k from it. Um, and I'm having conversations about like, hey, what can I do to increase splits if I do more? Splits go up by like a percentage right. percentage point. Um, hey, if I if I sell these people like programming that I do, Jim doesn't offer any programming packages, right? So, hey, if I write programming for these people because they need it, they need to start developing kind of accountability and self-efficacy. Can we just do something else where I'm just like paid X number of sessions to do that? Like even though it doesn't take me that amount of time to do it, right? Like can I sell, if if I'm going to charge, you know, 250 bucks a month for programming, can I sell X number of sessions and book those sessions and get paid for them? You know, you guys get your, no. Absolutely not going to happen. Higher ups would hate that. Um, we don't want to find out that you're doing anything like that. So I actually can't even give these people what they need. Right. Right. So forget the opportunity to get paid more. These people actually can't get the solutions they need. They're getting incomplete solutions from someone who doesn't have the time and the energy and the money to pursue the mentorship and the education to be able to deliver them the better services that they actually need. So I know that now you offer your clients a combination of program design, coaching, and you meet with them less and they pay you more. Yes. Right? So when you went to the gym and asked them, I mean, you went, you looked for how many different ways to try to change the structure? A handful. You know, it was just conversations with with um, the fitness manager at the time of, hey, how much autonomy do you have over, you know, changing pay structure or incentivizing or giving education or uh, us being able to, you know, kind of finagle entering certain number of sessions in so we can get paid for, you know, doing less work but keeping the client happy. Like, what do you mm-hmm. care? If, the, if we could bring money into the thing, why isn't that? And there was just zero flexibility there. Right. Nor and, interest. And you weren't getting health insurance. I mean, like my family's health insurance right now is $2,700 a month. Yeah. I imagine you weren't getting that on was, top, which I was not even it all out. No, I was not. Okay. So, which is crazy, by the way. But mm-hmm. so, okay. Most of our listeners are going to be coming from boutique gyms. They're in CrossFit gyms. They're in F45s. They're in Orange Theories. They're in Fit Body Boot Camps. They're whatever. The standard in gyms like those, and many of the boot camps don't actually offer any personal training at all, the standard for them is four nights. What that means is if the session costs $70, the coach is going to get $30, $31, and the gym is going to keep $39. Now, we've worked with many coaches who are in gyms like this, and when we've coached someone how to go approach their gym owner, the gym owner has, has been willing to change the pricing. They've been willing to pay the coach more because they understood that they were going to lose a great coach if they didn't. How would you help coaches decide what kind of conversation? Let me, let me rephrase that. What things should a coach be saying to the gym owner to make sure that the gym owner understands that this is not about either I win and you lose or you win and I lose. It's how do I win in a way that makes sure that you also win? Right. What would, how would you bring that conversation to the gym owner as a coach in one of these gyms? The first one is understanding how much 
respect they have for the gym owner and the institution, how much they love being there and how much they want to contribute to it. Right. So first and foremost, Hey, I want to make this place thrive, but in order for me to be able to go all in for you, I need to be able to know that I'm going to be able to be paid in such a way that I can have the kind of life that I need. Right. I have these things to take care of and I would love to be able to give you everything and give your members everything that they need, excuse me, to have all of the success that they would want and more. So what can we do, right? What can we do is the question here between a coach and a gym owner so that they understand, hey, it doesn't have to be a win-lose. It doesn't have to be a compromise. It can be a resounding Mm win-win, right? So I like the way you put that. It can be a resounding win-win. It doesn't have to be a win-lose. One of the things that we teach coaches to do, and I know you've taught coaches to do this for us, is approach the gym owner and ask, hey, look, Right now, you're making $39 a session. Is that covering you? Meaning, you, you say you have fixed expenses, you have all these other things. Is $39 a session covering those costs for you? Mm-hmm. Typically, the gym owner says, yeah, yeah, they are. Even though you're not doing any sessions because $31 isn't worth it, the question is, is 39 enough? They say, well, they'll say yes. Okay? So if I raise rates to $100 a session... May I then keep 61 and you can keep making 39, which you just acknowledged covers your costs. And we've had coaches go and do that in gyms and gym owners be like, yeah, I guess so. I don't see why not that. Yeah. If you can sell at that price, you can do it. Got it. There are also gym owners who say, no, if you go to hundred, I need to make, you know, uh, 56 and you can make 44. How yeah. would you respond to that? I mean, look, I, I didn't have, I, I did not have the kind of relationship um, with the fitness manager where she was willing to listen to any kind of consideration about negotiating that. But if I were in a boutique gym like the one that you're describing, the first thing I would want to understand is, hey, this is by no means a contest over me trying to make more money than you. I just want to know what it would take for you to feel like you are covered so that I can crush it in here and leave you with the happiest members that you've ever had. Right. And and once I understand what that number is for you, I'm going to make sure that my numbers and my service are in order so that I can cover that for you. And there's going to be a crisp check for you at the first of every single month. And now is there ever a, well, it might not be able to be the first of the month because it might be a split. Right. But so is there ever a, so what I'm looking for here is the number ever too high. Like if the, if the gym owner is like, look, how much do you need to make Larry? Mm, interesting. Right. So what, we, how much do you need to make? You might say, well, hundred bucks an hour. Okay. Well then we need to charge, you know, 215. How do you respond to that? Because now they're saying, look, you can make as much as you want, but this is what you have to sell it for because I need this percentage. So you're saying that the gym owner would take the 115? Yeah. Like, are you now upset that they're taking the 115 and you only get the 100? You're getting the 100. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too... The only reason I would be concerned is because now I have to work harder to sell the value of something that, in my opinion, might just be 175. Right. right? So so, so what you're describing now is that maybe it's not worth 215 for right. For a session. Right. So so I'm not upset that they're making more. The 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 upset is that now I have to work harder because you needed to make more. Mm-hmm. Right. Well and, and so how do you balance that? 
with the idea that you work for Active Life, you take clients for Active Life, and we pay you less than four nights. Mm-hmm. I mean, your, your, your take as a coach on a one-on-one client is less than the percentage that we're discussing right now. I don't know if it's an easy comparison because I, I kind of relish in the idea that, you know, I know that this isn't, I know that you're not lining your pockets with the other the other portion of that that money, and I know that this this company is kind of circulating that money to build something to be bigger and better. And and I believe in the vision of where we're going more than you know mm-hmm. the fact that it is. So I don't know if that's an easy comparison, but it, it it doesn't bother me too much. All I need to determine is like, hey, how much do I need to make, and how much time and energy do I have to dedicate to this, and is is it satisfied? If it's not, then maybe it's not a good fit. Well, so, so what you're describing now then is, is essentially what comes down to an hourly rate, right? I mean, you're describing, am I making enough money to do the thing as, as a career? Right. And if, if you're making enough money to do the thing and you're not forced to do anything except the thing, right? because you're not acquiring your own clients, you're not having to sell your own clients. It's literally, hey, here's a client for you. Yeah. We went out and found them, sold them, mm-hmm. got them to you. Right. Trained you on how to do it. Continue to train you on how to do it. It's it's, it's a different culture. And I want to empathize with the gym owners who have created systems and an institution that sure. provide coaches with the opportunity to even do the work. Mm-hmm. Right for gym owners who are going out and, and and getting people and selling people. I understand why they why Absolutely. they should have peace. Hundred percent. And that's and that is something that we talk to gym owners about all the time. Is look, you can pay the coach more on a retention. Than you can on a new sale, right? So when we tell when we show them to coach, you know, to sell on ramp up front, one on one PT to start, we want the gym owner to take a larger percentage of that than they would have a traditional session. And we'll do another podcast and break down exactly how we teach coaches, or excuse me, gym owners to pay their coaches because I think it's important that people know we're not just against four ninths, we're for something, right? And we'll talk about that on on another show. But what I want to make clear is if the gym owner found the client, sold the client. And the coach now just has to take that client and do the work. I'm totally cool with the coach making less money up front, but then being paid better on the retention of that client. I'm with that. Right? Yeah. So what does a coach need to know when they go talk to the gym owner? If they're going to be making a binary decision, I'm going to stay in this gym or I'm not going to be staying in this gym. And I'm going to ask these clients if they want to follow me where I'm going or I'm not. Yeah. I mean, what, what, like, what, are they, what are they looking for to make that binary decision when they go on to talk to their gym owner? What's what's the outlook look like, right? Like, how what kind of flexibility is there? What kind of conversation can I actually have with the, with with the gym owner? And what what am I going to have to be? What's basically what's the energy in benefits out for all of us, right? What's the energy I have to put in? What's the benefits that I have to get out? What's the energy that the coach has to get in? Put in? What's the energy that the the benefits that the coach is going to get out? And if that's fair for both of us, then it's a good day, mm-hmm. right? Um, if it's if it's such that the the energy that I'm going to put in is not proportionate to what I'm going to be able to get out of this long term, especially because I'm all about eating it up front to be able to build something cool down the road. But if there isn't some sort of conversation about like, Hey, here's what it can be for you. If we hit this, this, and this, mm-hmm. I mean, there have to be conversations about that, right? Yeah. There have to be conversations about, Hey, what are we going to be able to build together long term so that you can have all the money in your bank account that you need to take care of your life? Yes. And I think the gym owners need to understand and, and I'm looking at the camera right now as I tell you this, because if you're a gym owner watching, I want you to know we're talking here. You need to facilitate the opportunity for coaches like this guy to crush. You need to facilitate for your best staff to out earn you on the work that they do, that they procure on their own. And if you have enough great coaches on your staff, then you are going to make 
plenty of money, not only from the one-on-one coaching that a guy like this is going to do, but also from the retention, the reputation, the conversations that come about because of the extremely high value of services. So can I, can I stop you there and ask you a question for a second? Yeah. You're the, you're the founder and CEO of this company. Yeah. Yeah. You have someone on staff who makes more than you on any given month based have, on the work that they deliver, I correct? have multiple people on staff who make more than me on any given does month. That, does that piss you off? It doesn't. Do you love it? Yeah. No, I don't love that they make more than me. It's, it's not about them making more than me. What I love about it is, you know, the truth be told, I, I could pull a lot more money out of the company if I wanted to and just sit on a stack of cash. Right. And be like, yo, cruising around in my But Ferrari. that's not helping you build anything. No. The fact that you can pay them exceed more than you means that this company can go where you want it to go at a faster rate. Oh, my favorite statistic internally, besides how much impact we have on clients, my favorite statistic to look at is how many staff members are making six figures. How many staff members are making six figures and how many of them are doing that in less than 25 hours of work <laughs> per week? That's my statistic. That's that's that. that's the legacy that I want to have as the entrepreneur who founded a company and led an incredible staff. Is Yeah, look, every year... We doubled the number of staff members who were making six figures in less than 25 hours of work per week from anywhere they wanted, wearing whatever they want Yeah, at so, whatever time of day they wanted to. So you're not having contests with your employees no. about, yeah. I haven't taken a raise myself in three years despite well, look, the this, fact that look, the company's 8x. What, what I'm trying to point out is that this is a very, very fundamentally different mindset from how is it okay that my coaches are out earning me? Yeah, it's fine. There was a month that one of our staff members uh, approached... I mean, he approached $30,000. It was a great month for him. Not every month is like that, but, but it was a great month. And I made zero, zero dollars because I took chances on some things in the company that I thought would be a really valuable thing for us to do. And I was wrong. Didn't mean, I wasn't like, hey man, uh, you made a lot of money this month. Can I get some of that back? Right. Well, no. because it will look, because you knew that long-term it was, it was, a, it was something that you tried, but was by no means something that was going to prevent you from getting what you wanted down the road. Not at all. In fact, it was a, it was a step in the right direction. It was because we knew where we needed to not go. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, look, my goal for this year is that we have eight staff members over 100K. That's the goal. So how do we relate this to a gym owner who doesn't have a company this big yet? Because it, it doesn't have to be $100,000. That's not the number. It's not, there isn't even a number. It's... If you look at your staff and you ask them, are you happy? Can you see yourself retiring from this job? And the answer is no. It's, the next question is, well, would you like to see yourself able to retire one day from this job? If the answer is no, it's okay. What are we doing? Why are you here? And if the answer is yes, I would like to, but I can't yet. It's okay. Well, how do we get you there? And it's the answer to that question, by the way, has nothing to do with building a menu and saying, if you clean the floor, I'll pay you this much money per hour. If you sell memberships, I'll pay you this much money per hour. If you clean the bathrooms, you get paid this much money per hour. Coaching classes, this much. One-on-one is this much. How would you like to make your money? The coaches don't know. And everything that they do that is not coaching is a bet. It's a gamble against themselves. So, Do you follow me on that? Uh, totally, totally. And I want to just know... What, what can we give both sides of this conversation to realize that they can meet in the middle in, in a way that can create incredible synergy? Because frankly, I haven't been a gym owner before, and I know that you've been both a coach and a gym owner, and I would love to know from your perspective, because I have limited experience here, how do we equip both parts of this conversation to 
hold hands and just crush together. The gym owner needs to create a process by which it becomes more likely that the one-on-one client culture happens in that gym. The gym owner needs to be ready for their staff who are excellent to outgrow the processes that currently exist. And instead of saying, that's all I got for you, that gym owner needs to be ready to, with that exceptional staff member, build a new process so that that staff member can ascend. And the idea is that maybe an entirely new business comes out of this. Maybe I was listening to a great podcast today um, with Reed Hoffman from the founder of LinkedIn. It's called Masters of Scale. And he was talking about the business behind the business. And he was talking about a, a company called Rent the Runway. And Rent the Runway is a company that allows women to rent dresses that they otherwise would not be able to buy because they're five to 10% the price. And they rent these dresses and wear them once and then send them back. And the business behind the business for Rent the Runway is they are the largest laundromat in the world. They have figured out better than anybody else how to launder clothes, sew buttons back on, and collect data. How many times can this dress be worn before it's no longer good? How many times before this button starts falling off? How many times can we fix the zipper before it stops working? And then they can sell that data to the companies who make the products who usually can't hear back from their clients. So what happens in your own company because you develop the next step? Allow for that to happen. For us, that the immersion course with Ray happened because he did such a good job developing staff. And now we've coached over 500 coaches to help their clients get out of pain without going to the doctor or missing their activities. Do the math on that, man. That, that course is thousands of dollars. Yeah, and for, for, those, for, those coaches, uh, for those coaches who have been through that course and work in a gym, the gym owners and the members are pretty happy too. Oh, dude, but the, the entire reason why, so let me take you through the ideology really quick and then we're going to wrap this puppy up. We started with the workshop. One of our, one of the coaches, at the workshop, Chris Spagner comes to us. He's like, Hey, this was great, but I don't know how to fix any of this stuff now. Now I'm just kind of frustrated. I know these things exist. So we built the immersion course. It's taking the immersion course and people are like, Hey, no one wants to buy this. So we added sales to the immersion course. We added sales to the immersion course and Sam Hirsch goes from making $350 as a coach in a gym part-time and a full-time teacher every two weeks to making close to $4,000 every two weeks as a full-time, as a part-time coach in the gym. Now she had to go full-time. She did so well that the gym owner was like, hey, what's going on over here? And we had to start a course for gym owners called the Pro Path to teach gym owners how to harness the power of a coach who's willing to do what Sam did. And, and that's how we ended up where we are. It's every part of our business has grown to the next part of our business because somebody who took our education outperformed the value of that education and forced us to grow. So what I'm hearing for the gym owner is that coaches that if you can enable coaches to win, if you can enable your staff to win in a huge way, mm-hmm. you are going to win in a huge way. Yeah. At, at this point. The reality is it doesn't even make sense for Ray, despite the fact that Ray earns most of his money right now through giving the immersion course. It doesn't make sense for Ray to give the immersion course anymore. What makes more sense is the business behind the business is Ray is phenomenal at developing people who can do what he was previously doing. Yeah, he is. So, I mean, we have, we have businesses reaching out to us saying, hey, would you, would you do sales for us? Would you develop staff for us? And we're constantly telling them no because we're focusing on just doing it in-house. And- I've never actually told anybody that, but that's the truth. I love it. Yeah. So good lesson for coaches. Here's the deal. What I took from you, let me know if I'm mistaken or not. 
Coaches need to understand if you go to your gym owner and you tell them things are not working, we need to make a change to it. If the gym owner is rigid about making those changes, you're in the wrong spot. You got to be ready to get out. 100%. If the gym owner is willing to work with you and understands the value that you could potentially bring and even wants to mentor you and foster your growth, be patient, see where that goes. Try to work it out with the gym owner because you both have to win if either of you is going to win. Yeah. All right. That's it. Jump on. All right. That's going to be a wrap for this episode of the Active Life Podcast. And guys, remember, remember, if you are looking to enhance your fitness business, if you're sitting there thinking, man, I would love to be able to go on vacations. I would love to be able to take two weeks off and not have my business fall apart. And most importantly, most importantly, if you want to be a part of the movement that we are creating, facilitating, and seeing come to life, which is coaches and gyms becoming the healthcare clinic of the future, helping people who've gotten hurt working out, helping people who've been told they have to work out around that, having people be told they're too old to do that, find new hobbies. If hearing things like that for your clients is frustrating for you and you want to learn the skills to solve those problems and also get paid very well to do it, head to activelifeprofessional.com and let's get talking. Till then, turn pro.